When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, everybody? We're doing a best of AMA series, the most amazing questions, and hopefully the most impactful and incredible answers. We hope you enjoy. Tyler Vigil, my personality is defined off of others. I'm never just being or saying what I actually feel. The problem with this is it carries into my own regular life internally. When I'm alone, I'm miserable and don't really have any interest in anything at all. I kind of just go blank into depression until I realize I should be doing something. When I do something, it's because I think I should or I think I'll enjoy it, but I never actually enjoy it. It's like I'm detached from myself, judging myself, uh, every, judging my every move. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy, but it's so fascinating to me how people can have such an insane level of clarity, which is way helpful, so I'm very glad that you do, but can have such level of clarity um, into that problem and then not realize that that obsessive loop is what's create or what's keeping the problem going. So what we want to do is just flip that. So as you're obsessing about, oh, I'm not enjoying this or I'm overthinking this or it's somebody else's personality or I'm watching myself and I'm removed and is to really focus on anything that's going to put you uh, in the moment, in your body, out of your head, like really feeling and experiencing. And if I had to guess, the thing that you need to be doing, this is so interesting, the thing you need to be doing is physical exercise and meditation. So the meditation is gonna help you really ground yourself right now here. So um, part of what makes meditation so powerful is like getting out of that loop of thoughts with some physical right here, right now, momentary anchor. And the thing that I use is the app Calm. We really need to get a sponsorship with these guys because I'm obsessed with them. And there's this one, um, they have scenes, and I picked this scene because it has the wind. And the wind only blows like probably for 60% of it. And so what I find is if I'm getting in that loop, I start waiting for the sound of the wind or when the sound of the wind comes and I really pay attention to it. And that grounds me in my body, it grounds me in that moment. And that is really powerful for practicing getting present 
And by that, I mean like really feeling and experiencing your body, which is why I think that um, I hate hiking, but I think that it might be really good for you because it's going to be something where it's going to take all of your focus not to trip and you're going to be moving um, and really grounding in your body and enjoying that present moment, um, I think would be really good. And then if that's not working, if you find that, oh, hiking is too easy and you're still in your head and it's still this loop, do something that takes you to absolute physical exhaustion. Um, and something that might be really beneficial to you, and I've only done this once, so I'm not, I'm not saying this one from experience, but I know that it is something that um, people report as just being really, really exhausting, uh, and I bring it up because I, I have a fascination with it, and if it were a bigger priority to me, I would really go into it, uh, and that is jujitsu. Um, so that's something that when, the one time that I did it with the amazing Faraz Sahabi, who stalk him online and bug him about coming back on the show, because uh, he's amazing, and I think you guys would love him to death. But that requires every ounce of your being. Literally, you cannot pay attention to anything other than that. And I think if you do things that push you like that, that take um, your mind and force it to be very connected to your body, I think that may help you a lot. And then having a belief system, things that you repeat when you get stuck in that loop uh, will be very beneficial. So, um, So things like I, you know, I'm the kind of person that is interested in whatever it is that you're interested. I'm the kind of person that is pursuing whatever so that it's things that you're yourself are interested in. I'm actually afraid to give you the specific words to repeat because you're already um, having such a hard time of not just emulating people. Um, so you're going to have to discover these on your own, but really figuring out what at a physiological level you have a response to. It's not going to necessarily be a grand response, um, but finding that first flicker of interest and then fanning those flames and turning that into something more robust, I think that's going to be really, really important for you. And spending time uh, doing the first two things that I mentioned is really, really going to help ground you like that. So, all right, that's my advice. Zach Thomas. Can you give your thoughts, insights on your experience if when you were able to shift your mind from being a victim of your circumstances to an empowered conscious creator, what was the one thing and or things that were the biggest catalyst for that shift? Um, so the biggest thing for me was letting go of my ego being built around who I was. So if your ego is tied to who you are, the things you've accomplished, anything like that, then you create this story that is really going to protect that, your current status. If, on the other hand, you're building that identity and your pride and ego all around being the learner, improvement, a growth mindset, being willing to admit that you're wrong, all of that stuff, then that's always pushing you forward. And so for me, the only thing that was a lightning rod moment pretty much in my entire life was the moment that I realized that I was... um, I needed to feel good about myself based on being right and smart. And so I was arguing with my business partner about something that was clearly, at the time it was just my employer, but arguing about something that um, I knew was wrong. In my head, there was a voice screaming, you know you're wrong, why are you fighting for this? And I kept fighting for it because he was so much smarter than me that it was damaging my self-esteem. And so I needed to be right about something to not just keep taking that emotional hit. So I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until finally I think he just relented uh, because he didn't want to keep arguing about it. And the problem was that I knew I was wrong. So when he relented and then I realized that we were going to do something for the business that was actually worse for the business, I had this um, 
moment of crisis because I had been telling everybody, nobody more than myself, that what I really wanted in life, my goal, was to get rich. And there I was acting out of step with my goals. So I thought, well, wait a second. What do I really want here? And this is one of those um, things I'll, I'll give myself credit for, but unfortunately, I'm not sure what I did to earn this moment of insight. And that was to um, really tell myself, hey, don't judge yourself. If what you want is to just feel good about yourself, um, then get out of this job. Stop working for people smarter than you. Stop trying to uh, move up in the company because that's hurting. It's really damaging your ego. It's not making you feel good about yourself. So if what you really want out of life is to just feel good about yourself, then go back to being the king of remedial jobs, which was emotionally actually really gratifying. And that's one of the scariest parts about that period in my life is that um, being in a job interview and the person saying, why are you applying for this job? You're, you're much too smart for this. Like That felt really awesome. Um, it's kind of like a bowl of ice cream. A bowl of ice cream tastes good and it puts you in a good mood and anybody that says that it doesn't is not having the same experience that I'm having with ice cream. But ultimately, it's horrific for your health and moves you backwards um, on the long run emotionally because you're actually losing credibility with yourself if you said you weren't going to do it and you're eating that bowl of ice cream almost as a compulsion. So... That was the same thing that I was beginning to realize about what I was building my self-esteem around um, and being in that place of the king of remedial jobs. And I didn't want to go back there, but I did want to feel good about myself. And so in that moment where I was just like, no judgment, what do you really want? Do you actually want to get rich um, or do you want to just go feel good about yourself? And that's when I was like, well, I need to feel good about myself. And suicide is when somebody believes they can no longer feel good about themselves ever again. They're wrong. It's a whole nother conversation, but that's what they believe. And when you believe that you could never feel good about yourself again, it's actually a pretty reasonable response because what would be the point if you could never feel good about yourself? Um, So I wanna remind everybody it's wrong and it is a permanent solution to a very temporary problem. But nonetheless, I get the logic. And so I thought, well, I don't wanna go down that path. I know where that ends. So what do I need to change in order to get out of this? And I realized that, well, I needed to have an ego. I needed to have self-esteem. But could I build it around something that was empowering instead of disempowering? And the answer was yes. I could switch my identity and my self-esteem over to being the learner. And I just covered all that. So, But that was the one um, lightning rod moment in my life. And once I broke down the need to be something and I could put all of my energy and joy and uh, get my sense of self-worth out of becoming something, which is a forever process, which means I never have to reach that idealized state. It's just my sincere um, pursuit of it gave me a lot of self-pride. And so that changed everything. And all of a sudden it was like, yes, you're right. I am wrong about that. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I know how stupid that sounds, but it's actually life-changing if you can do that and you can become a beast. Like everything, anybody listening to this, if you have any uh, sense of you are impressed by what I've accomplished or the way that I think, I assure you everything about me that you value is post that shift. And as much as I try to tell people, in fact, I can't wait for you guys to hear, I went on, um, oh God, I can't believe I'm playing on his name. He's so amazing. Wow. Big hair. New York comedian. How am I blanking on his name? Walter? Yes. 
James Altucher. God, I know him so well. That's really horrific. Uh, I went on the James Altucher show and he was asking me a whole bunch of questions about um, basically the punchline was he didn't believe that growing up I just wasn't that bright. Uh, and he kept like bugging me about it. And the thing that I want to like convey, yes, when you see somebody who's in shape, it is hard to believe that they were ever um, without muscle or they were ever obese or whatever because you're looking at them post that. But I'm telling you right now, like my mind was such a mess um, and everything that you're seeing was because of that ultimate shift. And that I think if you boil everything down that I say, it is me trying to get people to have that moment where they stop worrying about being good, worthy, right, smart, uh, and they just click over to being a learner. Everything else will take care of itself. Mitchell Lawrence, here the 27-year-old who thought he was too old. Uh, we have some typos here. Um, this is a statement. Mitch Lawrence here, period. The 27-year-old who thought he was too old, there we go. Now believing that I am never too old to start something, but you did an interview with Aubrey Marcus, and during the show, he mentioned about weaponizing beliefs. Unfortunately, I've trained my mind over the years to be weaponized against me. This has caused me to basically not see anything good about myself in any situation, be it work, sports, socializing, etc. It's perceived as a negative. Where do I begin to turn the weapons of belief in my favor? This is a growing concern for me. Um, I'm, I am... Not sure if this is a societal movement or if we're just paying more attention. I have some theories on this. I think that we're, and this is not going to seem like I'm answering your question and don't scroll off because I, I want to re-see these words, but guys, if you're feeling um, you're in a constant negative loop, if you don't have belief in yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't think that you're worthy, um, I think that there are some fundamental problems and nobody is associating these with the real problem. I think, honestly, honestly, number one is self-talk. Your self-talk is, is absolutely fucked and you just, you've gotta start saying positive things to yourself even if you don't believe them. And as dumb as this is about human nature, the reality is the things you re repeat become true. So if you repeat that you're an idiot, you're not worthy and all of that, even if you really are, you're gonna believe that you're not. And if you repeat that you're good enough, that you can learn, that you can improve, that you can grow into this, that you're um, an extraordinarily kind person, all of the things that are positive and empowering, even if in the beginning they're not actually that true, and that on a spectrum maybe you're like really low, it is super weird just by repeating it, you're going to improve on these things. So get yourself talk in order. Next exercise, I'm going to um, guess that, you talk about sports though, uh, even if this doesn't apply to you, this applies so massively in general, um, start working out. So recently I've been so busy with the company that I really started missing a lot of training. I was traveling and all that and my energy levels started dropping. Now I haven't had low energy levels in two decades. So it was really weird. And for the first time, I understood what people mean when they say that they have more energy when they work out. Because I'd worked out so consistently for so long, um, I was really taking for granted that even though I've been doing it for so long, if I start backing off, my sort of resting energy levels begin to drop. And so it just working out, man, no matter how much you like or dislike it, you gotta do it. And then number three is, diet. Your diet's got to be tight. And I think that there is a massive microbiome component to people that have negative self-talk. I think their microbiome makes them feel bad. And that feeling begins to translate into words. And 
then I'll marry this all to what I was talking about earlier with what you build your self-esteem around matters, your idea, your identity matters. So you've got to be very careful about that stuff. But those three things, self-talk, exercise, and diet, I think are so psychotically directly linked to the way that people feel about themselves. It's crazy nobody's talking about that. So um, weaponizing beliefs, if you're talking about like holding yourself accountable and pushing yourself and all of that, it only works once you believe in yourself, which is so important. And by believing in yourself, I simply mean you believe that you can learn and grow and get better. Once you believe in yourself, once you have credibility with yourself, that you say something and you know that you're actually going to do it, then holding yourself accountable becomes not self-destructive. But once it's self-destructive, it is utterly pointless. And I'm just begging you guys all, it is better to just sort of dumbly tell yourself that you're amazing than to beat yourself up and get into this negative downward spiral. Remember, the only reason to push yourself that hard is because you're having a good time, because you love it and you wanna be great at it. You wanna do something extraordinary because you enjoy it. And it's the impact that you wanna have on the world, not because you have some moral obligation to be the best or to be great or anything like that. Man, I'm just, I'm really freaked out and I don't know if this is Instagram culture shit where we're just all comparing ourselves to other people, Dude, you can't do that. You, you literally, it doesn't make sense. Like if your ultimate highest goal is not fulfillment, you're already off base. The whole reason to live and die for your family, which is something that people can really get behind, is because nothing brings more immediate fulfillment than family. But the fulfillment is the mechanism by which we can steer to know if we're moving in the right direction. And so constantly chasing something other than that feeling of, man, I've worked really hard to gain a set of skills and these skills serve not only myself but other people. Like That's it. That's the whole point. And so paralyzing yourself because you think you're a worthless piece of shit is not going to help you. It's not going to help other people. You would never do it to other people. You would never say the kinds of things to other people that you say to yourself. So like, I really feel like people have just fundamentally misunderstood the point of weaponizing beliefs or kicking yourself in your ass. Like the whole idea is to be able to touch the lives of other people, to do rad things for yourself 100%. But to be doing it in a way that's uplifting you, that's pushing you to do more and be more and to hold yourself to a higher standard in a beautiful way. Not in this like corrosive, I'm an asshole, I'm a bad person way, which is way easy to spend there. And so the easiest way I can sum it up for people, 80-20, man. If you're not spending 80% of your mental time loving yourself and telling yourself what a badass you are and focusing all of your time and attention on the good things you do, and I'm telling you, you're doing good things. It can be as simple as holding a door open for somebody, saying something kind to somebody, smiling at somebody. Like, it doesn't have to be big, grand gestures, but spending 80% of your time focused on the positive things that you're doing, even if what all you can do is muster the energy to say, I'm going to start smiling and holding doors open and all of that stuff. Spend 80% of your time focused on the good. Don't let yourself spend more than 20% of your time focused on the negative. You just can't do it. All right. 
Serena S. Hi, Tom. In the past two years, I've deliberately cultivated a growth mindset. That's amazing. Thank you for pointing out the path from so many different angles. Now I've identified that in particular moments, I feel deeply insecure in my stomach. It's like I have this voice incessantly telling me I'm not enough. And on the flip side of that, it appears as if I've wired myself to be looking for approval in others I look up to and respect. And this combination gets in my way of sharing what I have to contribute, be it my sense of humor, problem-solving perspective, or even the executing of simple tasks. I'm up for learning anything and playing the long game. What do you recommend? Thanks. So when I became a good interviewer was when I realized I have these weird idiosyncrasies, um, things that I'm interested in, things that I'm excited about. And in the beginning, I didn't let them out because I thought, oh, I'm not sure that's what people want in this interview. And like, how would, you know, the, the sort of they interview this person. And I finally said, you know what, fuck it and I'm just gonna do me, and I'm gonna interview the things, uh, the way that I wanna interview, I'm gonna ask the questions I wanna ask, and people are looking at me now, and you know, the show has got credibility, and we're able to get great guests on, and um, you know, to, I guess, step outside of humility for a second and just say I get a lot of credit, and I think I'm just fucking good, that's just the truth. I think I'm a very good interviewer, I've worked really fucking hard to get good, there, stop being, uh, dancing around it. Now, the way that I got there was because I finally just decided to do me and to ask the questions I want to ask and to do the interviews the way that I want to do the interviews and regardless of whether anybody else is interested in that. But then you get into a place where you're, you're doing things so differently because you're not trying to be the average of what you think the world wants. You're just being you. And then you're collecting the people that respond to that. And when I think about the, really, impact theory is so minuscule. It's ridiculous when you think that we're edging up on 8 billion people on the planet. So it's like any niche, however weird you are, when there's 8 billion people in the world, all of a sudden there are going to be a metric ton of people that think like you think. So when you think that even 100 million people is an absolute ridiculously tiny fraction of the total world population, um, it's pretty incredible when you only need a million, a couple million to like just be absolutely on fire with what you're doing and to be able to support your life and all that. It's, it's really a pretty extraordinary time that we live in. So be yourself, find out where it takes you, collect people that think like you think, that respond to the things that you respond to. Um, that's really the fun of it. Brock Richard, and it goes like this. For the past couple years, I've been struggling to overcome my limiting belief that I'm awkward and that being introverted is a character flaw and will hold me back from achieving the life I dream of. This includes, but is not limited to, making a living writing, speaking, podcasting, etc. So I'm wondering what advice you would have for letting go of these beliefs and seriously improving my communication skill because I often struggle to find my words when speaking, talking to people, and it drives me insane because it reinforces those beliefs. Okay, so here we go. One, the only real thing that is problematic is not knowing what you want. The fact that you know what you want, you are already way far ahead of where most people are. So that's just victory number one. Victory number two is you already have the tool that you need in order to let go of these limiting beliefs, which is recognition that the belief is limiting you. So I find that just having a reason Knowing that I live by a code of beliefs and my code of belief is to only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals, the second of belief, no matter how true it might be, no matter how much I feel that I need to be punished and beaten up for having done something embarrassing or stupid or whatever, I just let it go. And I let it go because it does not serve me and I have decided to live by that code. So 
anything that violates that code, I don't do. And that is, I don't know how to like explain how freeing it is to actually live by a code, to actually say I'm going to be honor bound by this code. And it takes care of everything like I get out of bed in 10 minutes or less to things like this where, you know what? Some part of my brain is screaming and it wants me to feel bad forever about the fact that I'm not good enough, I'm struggling with my words, whatever the case may be, like the example that you're giving. And I just refuse to do that because it doesn't align with my code. And so all of a sudden, whatever weird voice that is that we all have, that negative voice that's supposedly trying to keep us safe, I can make it shut up because it doesn't match my goals. So hopefully that will work for you, that you're going to obsess over that. You're going to think about what your code is. You're going to write it down. You're going to know what it is. And then you're going to act in accordance with that. You're only going to believe things that are in alignment with that. So when you get there, then you ought to do very, very well. So that is very much my advice for how to get past that. And then if you want to really get good at the thing that you're trying to do, not being able to find your words, all of that, that is about repetition. It's putting in the energy and the effort. Now, here is the only heartbreak that I have for the I want it now generation. So I don't think there's anything with wanting it right now. I want everything right now. But if it stops you from beginning a very long journey, then you have a problem. So you know me, fuck patience. Patience is, is the great destroyer of dreams. Nothing has ever killed more dreams than patience. But you have to be willing to face a very long journey. So even if you're going to go hardcore, you're going to go all out, you're thinking about getting things done as quickly as you can, you can't ever be afraid to start a long journey because some things, no matter how hard and fast you're going, they're going to take an extraordinary amount of time. And that's awesome because you're getting better every day. It's not some binary thing where you're going and going and going and going and going for 10 years, not knowing if it's going to work. And then somebody says, oh, by the way, it didn't work. You're getting better and better and better every day, knowing more and more about where you should go, which way you should turn, where to jump, where to crawl, like all of it becomes more clear with every passing day. But you have to have the balls to begin down that process. And that's where people fall down. They don't have the guts to walk a long journey, or, or not even guts. They don't have the emotional fortitude. They can't build enough desire into that thing that they supposedly want in order to face an extraordinarily long journey. So that's why I really believe in falling in love with the fundamentals. The fundamentals are fulfillment, getting better at things, doing things in the moment that push you. Like, you have to love them at that level, not at the level of success, not at the level of achievement, not at the level of crossing the finish line. You've got to fall in love with them at the level of, I am a human being that is the ultimate adaptation machine and I get to adapt. I get to push myself along this journey where I'm going to get better. And every day I'm going to garner a new skill and that skill is not theoretical, that skill actually lets me do something that is real and tangible and has an effect on this world. So you're going to get up, you're going to go to speaking classes, you're going to go to Toastmasters and you're going to talk all the time, all the time. You want to be speaking seven days a week. When you start doing something like that, if you're putting in three hours a day, seven days a week, all of a sudden I will know you are for real and you're going to start knowing that about yourself and you're going to start really gaining skills. And that's just the thing. Most people want it, but they don't want it that badly. You've got to want it enough to do the things it requires to become extraordinary. 
that is the reality and love that. Fall in love with that. Fall in love with the fact that you actually can become extraordinary and that it's really fucking hard. Because once you fall in love with the fact that it is hard, you begin to, as David Goggins would say, take the souls of the lesser mortals who are not willing to put in that energy. And in my darkest of moments, my dearest impactivist, in my darkest of moments, one of the things that helps me is to remember that in this moment, when I'm feeling down, almost everyone else breaks and I don't break. Not because I'm better, because I refuse to stop. It's not because I'm not bloodied and bruised and on the ground and in pain and emotionally suffering, but I have that core belief that says, you don't stop when you're tired, you don't stop when you're scared, you don't stop when you're broken, you stop when you're done. The last year, this is from Nick, the last year and a half has challenged me more than ever. I've exponentially grown and I'm slightly proud of it, slightly. I say slightly because I still don't feel I have control of my life. External factors like my car breaking down leads me down a mental spiral of anxiety because I think the rest of my responsibilities, I think of the rest of my responsibilities and believe I will immediately have to sacrifice something I don't want to. This mindset has been haunting me. It will ruin an entire day because I will procrastinate due to the anxiety. This has ruined relationships in my past because the stress takes over, my attitude becomes negative, and I cannot do anything effectively because I don't know how to eliminate any of the stress. I know that taking action on my responsibilities reduces the stress. How can I prioritize, schedule, or use any technique that will help me relax, reduce the stress and anxiety, and take action to effectively help myself in those moments? Okay, so you already know the key, which is that action ultimately cures all. So you need to do one very simple thing, which is to build in a belief that you repeat, 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 make sure that you actually believe it, which is that all of that stuff doesn't really matter. You're going to be able to figure it out. So whether it's, um, and just the easy way is I'm going to be able to figure this out. Like repeat that, repeat that, repeat that. So once you believe I'm going to be able to figure this out, that just lowers our stress and anxiety immediately because you know there is going to be an answer. And then start working down the path, taking action, working on it, like you said, just to figure out exactly what you can do to get things across the finish line. The other is we've got to start addressing the generalized anxiety. So you need to start meditating immediately. And every time you get anxious, say to yourself, I'm going to be able to figure this out. And then stop and meditate. Sit down, meditate, at a physiological level, get yourself to the point where you can really feel calm. Because in that calm, creative state, you're going to have the ideas that you need to actually solve the problem. So that's the really important part, is to go through that cycle. First, have a belief at the core of your being that you will be able to figure it out. Everything is going to be okay. Start from that position, and then deal with the anxiety through meditation. Then, once we're there, then we start taking action and we just solve the problems. Like there's no reason to let yourself exacerbate the situation by getting emotional about it. Just remember, that's the cycle, that's how you go, that's how you react to things. So rather than letting that balloon and mushroom and waste the whole day, just do those simple steps, get yourself back on track, then be action oriented and get it done. 
And then you may also need a belief at the core of yourself that is identity focused where you're saying, I'm the type of person that doesn't procrastinate. I always do things right away so I can get them done. I'm excited to get this stuff done. I'm excited about what I'm building. Repeat that stuff, get that going. Let those be the juices that you're marinating in and then you're gonna get yourself moving. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.